0: I always like the fake ads that they did. They did one called, like, an entire box of yodels. (laughs) Which is... I'm laughing right now because it's so funny in the way that, like, Women are demonized for like pleasure, and like, so what if we want to eat chocolates? Like, why not eat an entire 1600 calorie box of yodels? Hide it away like a dead cat hiding its body. It's so funny and so insightful. And when you look at all of these older videos and like hardly working and whatnot, basically, you see a lot of people who are really prominent in the improv and comedy scene today.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Care So Much. Thank you so much for being here today. I am so excited about today's guest. Her name is Madeline Mason, and she is a content creator, performer, producer, and a writer. She does a little bit of everything. And we are going to be talking about one of my favorite things today, which is dropout TV, which was originally college humor. We have a lot to cover with that. So without further ado, I'm just going to throw it directly over to Madeline.
0: Hello. A little bit about me is that I am kind of like I don't want to say former theater kid because I still do theater kid stuff I'm still like a playwright but I'm kind of a former theater kid who's turned to tabletop role-playing games who has like a deep passion for comedy for stand-up for sketch comedy and college humor has always been something that's been like really really important to me to like watch all the stuff that they do and see how they've grown and evolved over time and how they've become dropout now. And I think with the dropout service, they're just kind of revolutionizing what a streaming service can be. And I'm just in love with that. Um, so many of their shows are based in improv and, um, my family has kind of a history with improv. My dad's an improviser. I, um, I'm a little bit of an improviser, so I just kind of have a deep love for the company, for the group itself.
1: With college humor then, when like when you talk about it being something that you've like watched being evolved and all of that stuff, and we'll get into what how it mm-hmm. became dropout um, here in a second. But what are some of the things that you started watching? What was that experience like and how have you seen it change?
0: Yeah. So what's so interesting is that when you look out, look at a lot of the older college humor videos, like the best example I can think of is the, um, the Dora the Explorer action movie trailer that ended up becoming an actual movie, but you had people like Ariel winter in it. And then they did a parody of spring breakers where it was Disney princesses. Um, So they had these really kind of funny Trailery stuff I always like the fake ads that they did they did mm-hmm. one called like an entire box of yodels <laughs> which is I'm laughing right now because it's so funny and the way that like women are demonized for like pleasure and like so what if we want to eat chocolates like why not eat an entire 1600 calorie box of yodels hide it away like a dead cat hiding its body it's so funny and so insightful and when you look at all these older videos and like hardly working and whatnot basically you see a lot of people who are really prominent in the improv and comedy scene today
1: I know the people from College Humor because mm-hmm. I also watched a lot of their stuff originally. Who are some of yeah. the people that um names and faces that people might recognize? Because I've yeah. I've looked at that recently and been like, oh my
0: god, I yeah, forgot. It's okay. I'd say the biggest name uh that people would know is Adam Conover, who is um uh, he's the star of Adam Ruins Everything, which is basically, you know, a show where he goes and he ruins everything he basically gives of insightful um annoying information about like real world stuff he's also he also did a show with netflix um about the united states government and how it functions and I, i actually really like it i think it's a really wonderful show so if you get the chance you should check it out so i would i think when I'm thinking about like a graduating class of college humor, I tend to think of Adam Conover, um, kind of being like the biggest person to come from it. Um, I'd say the next kind of in line would be, uh, it's tough. Cause like, pardon me, is like Emily Axford, but I think more people would know who Brennan Lee Mulligan is mm-hmm. because he just has a stronger internet presence than Emily Axford, but I think they're tied. But, um, Yeah, there's that. There's Rekha Shankar, who currently is a writer on Grand Crew and did some stuff for Animaniacs. Oh my god, and then Siobhan Thompson, who's a writer for um, Rick and Morty. Uh, She did a lot of amazing stuff with college humor and then there's uh I feel like I'm just shooting out stuff there's Jake and Amir there's an episode of Jake and Amir with Lynn manuel Miranda and um when he was doing Freestyle Love Supreme like mm-hmm. pre pre-Hamilton this might have been kind of I think during the era of In the Heights Be- but yeah um if you look at some old Jake and Amir stuff it's great you see a lot of great cameos so yeah I- I'd say the biggest name you would probably know is Adam Conover
1: yeah Mm -hmm. I think there's uh, you've you've hit a bunch of my favorites and we're going to come back and talk about kind of a bunch of those people and how they've um, like the cool things they've done with College Humor Dropout. But I think one of the ones as we're talking about that early era of College Humor, Jake and Amir was like such a specific moment of the internet
0: it really was and i think um as i've gotten older i've appreciated jake and amir more when i was like younger in high school and whatnot i didn't really in the nicest way possible i didn't care for jake and amir i was a big fan of hardly working and i still am Mm. um hardly working was like it, it continues or i guess we could say continued We'll get into that later, but um, yeah, hardly working was always my favorite. So Jake and Amir was something that I kind of like acquired over time.
1: Well, I think hardly working fits really well as we talk yeah. about that because I think it's an example of one of the many kind of longer term legacy pieces of it. So,
0: oh yeah, talk
1: about let's talk about hardly working a little bit.
0: I loved hardly working. It was just that I think the sketches for it always hit in the best way. They were always so relatable. Sometimes, um, I think definitely later as the series kind of went on, I, I don't want to be like they strayed away from Hardly Working because it just felt like more videos were just general sketches and less Hardly Working. Um, <laughs> the one Hardly Working video that comes to mind is the, um, late to work one where, uh, Grant O'Brien, he's late to work and, um, <laughs> he, uh, shows up and everyone is acting like a wife in a Tennessee Williams play. Like, where were you? Work started at 9 AM. It is eleven forty-five. It's, it's really funny. And just highlight some wonderful stuff and here's the thing I was never like I was in high school like I did not have like a nine to five office job I did not (laughs) but I was like this stuff is so funny I can't wait until I'm like working in a little cubicle with my friends and I'm like oh wait no this is they're sketch comedy writers the reason this is happening is because they all like work together in the same space
1: they're they're obviously like sketches but Mm -hmm. um I I think we'll talk More the basic premise of those ones is just the idea that they're it's like a it's 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 an exaggerated
0: office, yeah,
1: and it's like an exaggerated, it's almost spoofing on things like the office, where it's like the office is making fun of workplace like Mm -hmm. dynamics and like have the funny things that can happen there, and then this is like making fun of that idea, like even having Mm -hmm. the office comedy thing like it's yeah. almost which i feel like is so indicative of so much of college humor and dropouts mm-hmm. humor but so how that continued on then or not specifically hardly working but like when how many years was it 2019 that dropout started
0: it was 29
1: 29- i can ooh, google ooh, it ooh. really quick
0: watch us be like it's late wrong,
1: 2018 but- yeah so like exactly exactly
0: we're no, we're not close. It was like 2018. We're like 2019, <laughs> 2020. I'm outing myself as a fake fan.
1: September 2018 is the same as 2019 in my I head.
0: I don't know. I, I just, I'm just afraid people are going to be like, you're a fake fan. I'm like, no. I'm uh, sorry. Yep. I forgot when dropout launched.
1: Yeah. You're, you're coming on a podcast called Care So Much and you're a fake fan. The internet is a terrible <laughs> place. So it started then. What? been doing some of these series like that had always been something that college humor had done college humor started before youtube started so they had always had sketches and then they started Mm -hmm. putting it on youtube and stuff like that yeah but they also evolved then into um a streaming service behind a paywall which I did not think was going to go well for them.
0: Well, I think it was a very interesting move as, cause college humor slash dropout is a media company. And with a media company, there is thoughts of like, what if we went to streaming? But like, You know, and I don't really think there's anything like college humor on the internet. So Mm -hmm. there's really nothing to compare it to. I mean, like we could be like, what if Saturday Night Live, all of their content was behind a paywall, but behind that paywall, they also had bonus content, like an animated uh, satire series. Mm -hmm. So initially, I didn't pay for Dropout because none of the stuff really stood out to me. I, um, and a lot of the sketches were still being posted online. So mm-hmm. I, um, didn't feel like there was anything to gain from Dropout at that moment.
1: At what point did you start moving into, um, paying for Dropout and what makes it special enough that of all the streaming services that exist mm-hmm. now, um, this is one that we're both paying for, yeah. or at least I am.
0: Exactly. Um, I, I went in on dropout in February of 2020, when College Humor announced that um, it was basically being shut down by its parent company, Comcast, I believe, mm-hmm. or something else. But that for me was like, I don't want to lose this thing. And I'm really scared to lose this thing. So I'm gonna bite the bullet and pay for it. And for me, that was the biggest kind of like thing when like the reality of Oh this thing I love isn't being funded by a parent anymore. Mm. I they, I my $5 may not do a lot, but I want them. Yeah. I want them to, I you know and like if it goes under it goes under and you know they're not going to like keep charging me a month but I I don't want to miss like the stuff I love.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um now having drop out and like continuing so obviously like at this point, they've gotten $5 mm-hmm. a month from you for quite some time. So yeah. what what about that kept you around? What makes it special?
0: I would say the diversity of content makes it special because we're not seeing anything like this on pretty much anywhere, maybe like the game show network. But mm-hmm. still, I think the diversity of content is really what makes Dropout stand out, especially like me, someone who comes from like I don't want to say improv family because it's mainly my dad, but I, I you know what I mean. But by, mm-hmm. by when I say improv family, but coming from that background and having a bunch of shows where the base is in things like improv and sketch comedy, things that I'm really fascinated and want to do and love doing and love supporting, it, it that basically made me realize there's nothing like this there's no streaming service dedicated around sketch comedy and improv like this is special
1: yeah i think that that it is special and it's hard to describe what about it makes it special like there's something there's there's the sketch comedy and like all that stuff like i completely agree with you there but Mm -hmm. like there's also a diversity of voices like and i mean that it's like there's a lot of women. There's a lot of people of color. There's a lot of um, non-binary and trans people. Like there's, there's just like like, a true diversity there.
0: And I like, for me, dropout is almost a saving grace because I really wanted to work for college humor in Mm. any capacity possible. I just, I revered them so much. Um, But like my favorite comedians and not just comedians, but like actors and performers and writers have come from that, like my God tier, my S tier, you could say, Mm -hmm. have come from that service. And it feels like I'm directly supporting them in the silly little projects that they want to do. Mm -hmm. Like, if, like um, I, there's the podcast "Tales from the Closet" mm-hmm. with um, Allie and Jessica, which is a really just wonderfully funny podcast. Um, if you haven't listened to it, it's it's really great, and I highly recommend it. But I really don't. I of course there could be like an indie, you know, podcast company that would distribute something like that, but Dropout slash College Humor have given both of those people such a great voice and i have mm-hmm. given them a platform a built-in platform that there are already people who are going to want to flock to that content because they f- see themselves represented in Ali or they love um Jess a dress is one of my favorites you're gonna mm-hmm. see like you're gonna see a bit <laughs> me talking about Jess a lot Jess is my one of my favorite people from college humor um but yeah basically People are going to see themselves represented, and they're going to move forward and cherish and like cheerleader that,
1: yeah, mm-hmm. and I think um i I agree like any any goober can have a podcast. you can tell' because mm-hmm. I have a podcast, um but, but getting you're not, paid- a goober, <laughs> you're
0: not a goober though, not a goober.
1: Um, but, uh, getting paid for a podcast and having it be part of your job and having the kind of amplification that a platform like Dropout has and Mm -hmm. this built in audience that it has, that's not going to happen everywhere for anybody listening to this going, listen, the only thing that I know from Dropout is Dimension 20. First of all, that's hilarious of you. How cute. Um, just kidding. We love you.
0: There's <laughs> but, like, y- y- You've just scratched the surface if you started with Dimension I know. 20. I'm so you happy you. have a for treasure you. trove of content that you now get to explore.
1: So we're going to talk about the treasure trove and then we are going to talk about Dimension 20 for like a while. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But let's, let's talk about some of the treasure trove. What are some of of your like favorite maybe well known some of the well known ones I know we we can reference some deep cut ones Mm -hmm. but I know that there's there's a few that like lots of clips go pretty big on YouTube and stuff like that
0: yeah Um, this is a more recent show it's the Dirty Laundry uh, show hosted by Grant O'Brien and Lily Dew I love the concept (laughs) for it it's so clever it's so funny Um, I think they're pulling some really great guest stars people Mm -hmm. who like people may not have heard of like um blue del barrio who is on um star trek um they were featured on dirty laundry and that was really cool because i really haven't seen them do anything outside um of star trek uh but so like that's really cool and with that show you get to see all these other just fun delicious people and then you're like oh are they gonna be on another dropout show like Game yeah. Changer or um, Play It By Ear speaking of uh, Game Changer if you haven't okay
1: really quick we will I <laughs> promise you we will talk about Game Changer we've got to explain what Dirty Laundry is because oh, I yes. love it oh my god yeah. <laughs> but and I love the guests and it's so exciting but like if we just say Dirty Laundry not. and
0: then yeah. we So dirty laundry, we could call it like a a, a secrets drinking game. Mm -hmm. So basically the host, uh, Lily Dew, will read something on a card. Like, for instance, like this person, Oh, I remember this one, this person, uh, like someone got into their car thinking that it was an Uber and the person was too like (laughs) self-conscious that they drove the person to where they were supposed to go. (laughs) And basically... Everyone has to figure out who it is. So it's like Mm -hmm. a little bit kind of like mafia. And then when uh, everyone puts their votes in, uh, whoever takes a drink from their beverage is the person that did that. And then there's points um, awarded. So if you get it, if you guess correctly, you get a point. If you conceal the secret, you get three points, I believe. And then Lily and Grant, their secrets are also thrown into the mix. Um, Grant is kind of like the Vanna White. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, no, they they both pull their weight. But um, Lily's the one asking the questions. And Grant is um, what I love as someone who is kind of like an amateur mixologist. uh, Grant makes a different alcoholic beverage for each Mm -hmm. show. And so that's really fun. So you get to kind of like learn something new as you do it. And Grant is also... Uh, very insightful about um, alcohol and mixology and Mm -hmm. he I think I don't know I would love to see him write a book on um, like drinks he likes and ways to make Mm -hmm. beverages better so yeah and
1: I think Dirty Laundry is such a great example Mm -hmm. of what of the kind of show that like only exists in Dropout like it's it's this fun quirky game show but it's also like It feels like friends hanging out, which is nice. And then it has, like, they always have diverse guests. They always have, like, and they talk to each other like they're people. And, like, it's not, like, not teasing each other, but they're never, like, mean to each other. Yeah, definitely. Um, and uh grant is just out there being his slutty little self um i
0: I, there's i don't know if you've seen this on tiktok but there is this person i i need to i need to get in contact with her and know how she masterminded this but she was looking for grant o'brien on hinge and through that, she ended up on, like, Game Changer. So I I don't know. Like, of course, we, her episode hasn't been released yet. And just for, like, so the audience knows, it looks like the episode she's on, there's, like, a big group of people. Mm-hmm. So it's not like she was individually plucked out. They're probably doing a big casting call for it. But it's still really cool. Like, mm-hmm. she is living my dream. <laughs>
1: Um, but we'll put a link to the some of those videos in the description yeah, because it's a really exactly. funny like journey that she goes on. I think the trailer for that season just came out, and so that's it why did, she can yeah. release some of those. Yeah. But that leads us beautifully into mm-hmm. game changers. Game what changers. on earth is this crazy show?
0: What isn't this crazy show? <laughs> Game Changer is a game show where every episode, the game is different. The rules of the game are different. And the guests have to figure out what the rules of the show are. That's the only way to win. A very famous example is the episode Yes or No, where you have um, Allie, Zach, and Brennan. And through kind of deduction, we figure out that the whole point of the show is, is that Brennan cannot physically win every time he um the correct answer is not the answer that Brennan gives it's like a weird paradox and you may have seen like the the video of him doing like a Shakespearean mm-hmm. tirade <laughs> onto how he's like figured it out but um every episode's different they did a survivor episode which I is loved really those great.
1: the honest yes. to god one of the reasons I ended up paying for dropout I hadn't been paying for it yet. I, like, had too many streaming services and, like, couldn't do it. Um, But I I was like, I have got to see what happens on this. I need to know who wins Survivor.
0: I know. know. My favorite is the murder mystery episode (laughs) with Grant and Rika. It's so great. There's this part where Grant goes, I went to Tish. And Rika goes, so did I!
1: (laughs) It's so incredible. And it's, oh, and, like, so he, Sam is the host of that. And he's yes, like Reich. the, is he the owner director of? He
0: is the CEO of College Humor, I believe, okay. because he, um, so the, to avoid the company from going under in 2020, he essentially bought it and became the sole owner.
1: Okay. that yeah. That is
0: basically what happened.
1: But he is, it's like. Imagine if your boss had a game show where he got to mess with you every, like I that's know. the energy that he brings to it. It's so good.
0: Here's the thing though. I, I think if I'm going to work for anyone, I think Sam Reich would be a pretty cool person to work for. Um, Sam Reich, I do have my resume and cover letter always on me. So no,
1: <laughs> no, I mean, but, like, yeah. if you're going to do it, like pl- do it, plug yourself. You should work there.
0: Yeah. Um, But basically, I I really just love the energy he he gives off because he is also like a comedian in mm-hmm. his own right. He's very funny. He knows how to deliver a joke. He knows how to be a straight man. And he knows when to hold back. He and um, actually Mike Trapp, for me, have very similar energy. Um, they they give off very similar vibes. And they know when to like bring it on, pull it back, be the straight man. They're very good at, at that.
1: It's so funny that you say that because I uh, completely agree. Um, mm-hmm. I think they both have that. But I also the character they're playing as the host mm-hmm. of these shows, because he yeah. cause Mike Trapp hosts um actually mm-hmm. is the opposite person. Like Mike oh, Trapp yeah. is there to he's like just a sweet guy who just wants—he exactly. yeah. just wants to talk about his nerdy stuff. And he's yes. so sorry that you got that question wrong. And he's so I happy know. that you guys came to his fun little game show. And Sam is a power-hungry monster who <laughs> is here to torture you.
0: Don't talk about my sweet babu like that. <laughs> don't talk about no. Don't talk about my—I don't know—my my, my comfort future Phoenix boss. That. Your
1: your just, future no. for future boss. <laughs>
0: i know we're manifesting with
1: because i think that i mean sam's playing that up because everybody on oh, that yeah. show clearly likes him either that or oh, they're yeah. all way better actors than i thought they were not that they're not oh, great, yeah, no, they're they, great
0: there's i think because humans can intuitively suss out bad vibes mm. um and You, if 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 things were false, I think would be very easily to easy to tell, especially in that setting. So I, I really, they just have such great camaraderie, and Sam is helming a really, really great ship.
1: Mm -hmm. I think that that brings us to the game changer Specifically, allows us to talk about a person you have Mm -hmm. mentioned a couple of times now, who is fantastic. But Jess, they did a whole episode because she had to. Kind of indefinitely postpone her wedding. Mm-hmm. They did a whole episode that try um, not to
0: cry. Yeah, which cry, yeah.
1: I don't want to give away the twist necessarily, other than the fact that it's about Jess.
0: What if we just do like a spoiler alert? Yeah, spoiler alert. <laughs>
1: do a quick yeah. skip forward. Well, probably like two, three minutes. I cried. Mm, immediately i cried so quickly and then like Uh through the whole thing like people being nice to each other makes me cry but
0: so basically the whole premise is is try not to cry so i believe it started with them chopping onions which Mm -hmm. by the way there is a trick to chop onions without crying
1: there's a trick don't cut which end do you not cut
0: yeah it's i believe it's the root you don't want to cut the root because um then the onion goes into defense mode you also don't want to freeze an onion because as it thaws the spray of the juices as you cut it it might like it might hurt a bit more yeah so there is a way to cut an onion without crying so they did that and then it was like um the first 10 minutes of up which fun fact I don't cry during that. I'm a cold hearted monster and I don't cry during that. I cry during other things. Like there are other things that make me cry. I'm trying to think what's a good. I do have a playlist of like clips to cry to. But the first 10 minutes of Buff are not on there. I believe it's like the Fox and the Hound best of friends that's on there because that does make me cry.
1: Honestly, you're saying the Fox and the Hound is almost bullying to me.
0: I know it's, it, little small tangent the fox and the hound has a sad ending it is a sad sad ending for I a Disney
1: movie. Traumat- that and dumbo traumatized yeah. me for real
0: exactly yeah like i can't do d- dumbo and then um anything with like the rainbow bridge of like an animal yeah i can't i can't like that stuff really really gets me but the first 10 minutes of that, i'm like we're well, all gonna get old and die if there's like a dog in the movie like i can't i don't trust it it's, I don't trust it. And then what else? Oh my God. And um, for some reason, Samwise Gamgee makes me cry every time. I'm not a big Lord of the Rings person, but um, during quarantine, I was watching the movies for the first time. So I'd never seen them before. And the third movie, I'm like, I'm just, I'm a mess. I'm a broken <laughs> woman. Anyways. <laughs> we
1: are about to have an episode on Lord of the Rings with, I had a guest come on and talk about it. Very cool. To loop back, they yeah. made just Cry.
0: <laughs> they may just cry. They um, basically ended up, they, they read all these very sweet things to her mm-hmm. and everyone there was like a close friend. They had like, I think their parents leave her a message and then her fiance came out and then, It was more, I don't, I don't think it was a formal wedding by any means, but they Mm -hmm. had, um, Jess loves drag race. So they had Bob, the drag queen come out and Jess and her fiance did kind of like an exchanging of vows Mm -hmm. and everyone was there and like everyone came on set and everyone hugged and applauded her. And for me, that was something really heartwarming because I do think Jess is such an underrated part of college humor slash dropout. She Mm -hmm. has so much heart, um, A lot of my comedy style, I really resonate with her and I feel like we're kind of cut of the same cloth, but basically just to watch someone who's kind of like just a heart, the heart of college humor slash dropout, who does such quirky, lovable, funny sketches to get all of this love and outpouring just Mm -hmm. from, yeah, it's just so lovely.
1: Well, and I think there's a couple of other like really great ones. Like Reka was also on that episode and she's also yeah. so fantastic. She's, yeah. she's not, <laughs> I wouldn't just as like the sweetest bean, like of yeah. anybody who's been on any of the college humor things. She seems mm-hmm. like the sweetest person. Yeah. Um. But Reka often, uh-huh. I think plays a little bit more of the bad boy.
0: I know, Reka. I love Rekha so much. Look at us talking about our favorite parasocial relationships. Look yeah. At, oh my gosh, it. I
1: could, listen, I could go on a long <laughs> rant about where the line in parasocial relationships is versus holding people, like, wanting to uh, support good people and their production yeah. of good things. But Exactly.
0: Yeah, no, I love, I love Rekha because I think, I think Reka is so funny and I do see, when you look at Reika's work and when Reka talks about her work, she is so analytical in what she does. And from someone who also kind of functions that way, I, I really, you can see her process and you can see the gears turning. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I've never seen Reka as the bad boy. I've seen her as like, I don't know, like, what's the name of like James Bond's boss? James. Yeah, James Bond's boss.
1: Oh, my gosh. Is it M?
0: Yeah, M. I, I think there's something before that, but Riker reminds me of M. In that sense of just like, like knows what's going on. as the smartest person in the room. Yeah, just phenomenal.
1: Um. Yeah, Katie is the bad boy for sure.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. No, Katie's definitely the bad boy. <laughs> And then another thing I love is Jess wrote um, *Kingpin Katie* with Katie Maravich, so which is another show on Dropout that I really really like. And not gonna lie, I would like a season two. I understand why it's not gonna happen, but a season two of *Kingpin Katie* would be nice. But we're
1: manifesting me. a lot on this show. We're gonna we get you are... on Dropout. Um, which show I'm to specifically? *Kingpin
0: Katie* that's what i'm gonna
1: do <laughs> yes that so you're gonna you're gonna come back and you're gonna you're gonna do season two of kingpin katie which i have not seen
0: it's so. so great if you like breaking bad boy do i have a show for you because
1: <laughs> katie had one of my favorite college humor sketches that is like which still need to
0: know?
1: what oh it's Wh- which sketch? the one specifically that i'm thinking of that rem- rem- was like almost a precursor to kingpin katie was the one where she's talking about like the healthy person who does a bunch of drugs.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes.
1: <laughs> so she's like eating a salad and then does cocaine.
0: <laughs> yeah. My personal favorite Kitty Merovitch sketch is I can't decide what my last meal is going to be. <laughs> it's so good. And I, I feel so- it so deeply in my soul. And the way she's like, what about paella? I could just... The way she like she does the stuff with her fingers and that sketch that is so
1: funny. So funny. It's so good. Um but I think another another person that has been on college humor, I think longer mm-hmm. and I mean not than Trap and Sam, but longer than most of these people that we're talking about. Um is
0: Emily is it Oxford? Yeah, Emily Axford. Yeah, Emily okay. Axford. Yeah, Emily, we mostly see in Dimension 20, but we also see her in um, a lot of the older college humor sketches. She and Brian Murphy went with Adam Conover to Adam Ruins Everything, and Mm -hmm. they essentially became running characters in Mm -hmm. that world. And if you watch Adam Ruins Everything, you get to see all of your favorite college humor friends.
1: So that's nice. And I I like have I I love you know leaning into the parasocial relationship of it Emily and Murph are together and I think that's cute yep, they're married
0: they're, they're married. married
1: they had a exactly. tv show for a while hot, I date,
0: wanna, hot date
1: yeah was it on a I want to say it it's on one on, of the defunct yeah. streaming services
0: it was like it was the one that Shit's Creek was on which I oh pop remember.
1: tv which yeah, is pop tv yeah um which might just be a tv channel
0: i i think i think pop tv went defunct i am not 100 okay. sure because i think when Shits creek ended pop went defunct but if you care
1: email us that. at caresomuchpod yeah. at gmail.com exactly and I'll put do out a you correction. care so
0: much do you care so much yeah perfect no. but hot date put out one of my one fa- another one of my favorite sketches actually there's two it's the like the skinny menu which is so yes. it's like it's so demeaning reading like any skinny menu anywhere and also the hyper femininity of a skinny menu just like reinforces the gender roles that we're putting on food we're literally putting gender on food like what the heck and then um they did the Disney adult one which is so funny Uh, as someone who like loves Disney it's one of my favorite sketches ever because the way they do it it is with, like, such love and care, but it's also just such a great jab at Disney adult culture.
1: It's also so, like, that's that's one of the other things. The humor is not about being cruel. Like, it's not about, like, that you're a bad person for being a Disney adult. Like, mm-hmm. it's not about, like, and none of their jokes are. Like, it's about, it comes from, like, a kind poking fun at, like, yourself. Yeah.
0: Almost please exactly because I I, th- I I think a Disney adult wrote that sketch because mm-hmm. like the idea that you have like a passport for all the places you've drank at Epcot but you don't mm-hmm. have a passport to like go to actual <laughs> Europe that is so funny and something that i think a disney adult do my favorite deep cut and this is how i know this sketch was written by a disney adult like emily says something like what are we gonna do just like walk around wearing mouse ears and murph goes please leave the mouse ears for the women a jack skellington hoodie and a lightsaber will do for me and i'm like
1: oh brandon lee mulligan who's another one that we'll talk about and i think this will lead us into our dimension 20 discussion (laughs) he has when he started on college humor he had one of it was years ago but one of my favorite sketches they've ever done which is the defense of the basic
0: oh my god yep yeah
1: anytime somebody like makes fun of me for liking a thing like this honestly the defense of the basic sketch could be the origin story of this podcast like like, exactly good fun things are fun (laughs) like having fun little like fairy lights in your bedroom is a fun thing pumpkin spice lattes taste good new york is a good city
0: yeah, New York has so much rich history. You can get a really friggin' awesome bagel with delicious smear. You can you can walk down the street, get the best kebab you've had in your entire life, and then go to an amazing bar two blocks down. You're telling me New York's not a wonderful city? No. Like, t- t- literally, it's called misogyny. That's yeah. what it is. When mm-hmm. you're doing that, it's called misogyny.
1: <laughs> it, even the premise of the sketch is making fun of the idea that, like, he literally dresses up like a knight in shining armor and yep. stands over right. someone and says like yeah. I'm he- like like you yeah. need a knight in shining armor to come in and defend the basic things that you like.
0: Exactly. And he and the character has an Instagram account for his dog, like it's I think he's just, so beautiful. Yeah, it's so good. But yeah, basically, well, he's right, though. Like, like the things you like, mm-hmm. like. You know, enjoy the things you enjoy.
1: Which is the thesis of this podcast.
0: Exactly. But exactly.
1: another thing that we enjoy that was one of the oh. um, uh, catalysts for us talking today is um, Brandon Lee Mulligan was the first DM of a little program called Dimension 20. Tell oh, For people who... Maybe they were familiar with College Humor originally, but yeah. they don't really know about what's going on with it today. Mm-hmm. What is Dimension Twenty?
0: I also want you to know you, you might want to cut this part out, um, just because I think the um actually Brigade might come. You're saying it, Brendan, and it's Brennan. And Brennan, I the, I'm
1: sorry. No, it's Brennan. okay. It's because we'll, I
0: don't want the um actually Brigade to come after you. We'll and we'll just, leave just it cut in that out
1: because okay, I'm, we're gonna leave it in. We're gonna leave all this in. It's Bren. Okay. It's. It's Brennan, not Brendan. It's and Brennan sometimes again. <laughs> I say things wrong mm-hmm. and I have to know a lot of stuff for the podcast. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, but if you do feel like it at least comment it publicly, <laughs> so I get the engagement. Thank you.
0: Exactly. It's because you care so much. That's why. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Dimension 20, the best way I can describe it to people is it's an actual play show. Um, Uh, they do other systems but we'll just say D&D actual play show for now with a table of comedians improvisers and performers because that is I think the the backbone of Dimension 20 and something that I really don't see in a lot of other actual play shows is the improvisers Mm. these people are professional comedians and improvisers they know how to banter off of each other and it's not that all of it's not that every single show is like so lighthearted and funny, but I do think comedy has a very deep center, especially in the first few seasons. Of course, um at the time of recording, the most latest season announced is going to be a dark horror season, which is going to be very fun. I do think actually, um, I'm gonna be a bit of a nerd right now. The but whole I thing think, is
1: being a nerd, yeah, You're great.
0: Yeah. So I do think we see a definitive switch in the content of dimension 20 around the time they did uh, a crown of candy, which is like, it's so good. It's one of the best. Um, if you want to watch a really, really interesting, fantastical uh, actual play show with a really, really amazing world, check out a crown of candy on dropout. Basically it's a candy land meets game of Thrones, but mm-hmm. basically the tone for um, these shows for the um the that the tone for the seasons especially with dimension 20 they allow themselves to really kind of like live in the feels like like characters Mm -hmm. die and this like doesn't it's the first time like we see um characters die and it's really emotional and it's really deep and of course you know there's been highly emotional moments before in earlier episodes but we it's maybe the first time we see something like that. And I think with a crown of candy, there's really a pivot into exploring. Okay. Yes. We're all comedians and improvisers, but we can really, really dig deep into l- different genres and emotions. And yeah, we still have that slice of life, slice of life stuff. And we still have this fantasy realism stuff, but we also have this really kind of Mm -hmm. dark, spooky stuff, and it creates a really diverse library of content. Mm -hmm. There's like a season for everyone, you know? Yeah,
1: because there's, what, 16 seasons of Dimension 20? I
0: believe so. I could be wrong.
1: I'm going to look it up because we don't. Because this is one of those things that... We're not yeah. the only ones who care a lot about this. Let's yeah, just one say. second.
0: I'm also gonna look it up too. I, I I know the answer is a lot.
1: It says 16. If you go just under, like the dimension 20 umbrella. So we'll. Yeah. That's what we'll go with.
0: So I. So what? But what about the side quests? Because the side quests <laughs> are just as important.
1: Okay. Don't be mad at me.
0: No. And so the okay, internet. Not the mad. internet
1: will be that. mad. But for what I'm about to say. Okay. I have only watched. The first season of Dimension 20 and then a couple other episodes because I came in late to drop out.
0: That's okay. You have time. Here's the thing. When what I love about Dimension 20 is that everything's super contained. Like mm-hmm. I have tried to get into critical role. I have no idea what they're talking about. It's like I don't know what a white stone is. I don't know who these people are. So for me, like because with um Dimension 20, everything's super contained. So it's really mm-hmm. easy. And if there's like a season that you don't like, you can skip it and you can go on to the next one. And no one's gonna judge you. Well, some people might and be like that's my comfort season how dare you skip my comfort season well and they're because
1: they're not are they all they're all in the same are they all in the same
0: world no they're not so each one takes place in a so like uh, we have we have the first one we have uh we'll, we'll we'll stick with the main cast and then we'll talk about side quests but You have that first season, which is Fantasy High, Mm -hmm. which um, takes place in the world of Spire, and the whole thing is John Hughes meets D&D. So uh, for me, that actually, because I inherently do not like the fantasy genre, I, I don't like lore and world building. I hate it. I don't want to hear like long descriptions of traveling. I I don't care for that. I don't want, I don't want to feel like I'm reading a novel yeah. when I'm engaging with something kinetically. So for to have that touchstone of like a high school comedy be the backdrop for that, that essentially made it a little bit more relatable. Mm-hmm. So then, and then that second, the, the next season with the, they called them the in- intrepid heroes. The next season, was a magical realism campaign called the unsleeping city set in new york so everything's different i'm trying to think where have the intrepid heroes gone they've done that they've gone to um calorum which is a crown of candy they've gone into space with starstruck they um they're now doing the spooky haunted campaign but we've also gone into like the Feywild and um escape from the blood keep where it's just like um imagine if the bad guys from lord of the rings it was like a dark kind of like comedy almost like the office mm-hmm. um, my favorite season is actually a side quest and it's tiny heist i think fantasy high is such a classic and mm-hmm. i really do love it and i love going back to it um i i don't love sophomore year i think it's fine and i think there are some really great moments to it but i don't love it as much as i love fantasy high mm-hmm. and i guess like this is my opinion this is just how i interact with art I think all of them are good. These are just ones that have touched me. I feel like I have to say this because we're entering a space Mm -hmm. with a lot of discourse. Um, I, uh, so if I were to recommend like which seasons to watch, I would say watch fantasy. High, watch a crown of candy. uh, Watch tiny heist Mm -hmm. because I love it. And then I can talk to you about it. Um, (laughs) because no one likes it but me no one's like favorite season is tiny heist and it's mine i've watched the
1: first episode of tiny heist because they put Mm -hmm. that on youtube yeah. um but i will i will go watch the rest of that season yeah
0: i know i also love i just think the world is also so creative which mm-hmm. is why i think another reason why i love it the idea everything's like it's the toys in your backyard it's the bugs it's these little fairies that's mm-hmm. i think one of the reasons it reminds me of like a bug's life and i think that you know it makes me think of, of bugs land you know where everything's big and yeah it mm-hmm. just makes you think of that um I'm trying to think what else you got. Um, mice, and, mice and murders. Here's the thing: mice and murder had so much potential, and I really wanted to like it. It it fell flat for me. But I, if you love anthropomorphic animals solving mysteries, <laughs> if if you love the Great Mouse Detective, you might get some delight out of mice and murder. So I I liked it up to the midway point. That's um, amazing. I'd say Misfits and Magic is really good. They do a new system there at Kids on Brooms. Kids on Brooms slash Kids on Bikes is my favorite TTRPG to play. So um, it was really exciting to watch. And Erica Ishii holds my whole heart. Um, So yeah, Misfits and Magic, I think, is up there. And it's condensed and really... Easy to kind of power through in a weekend. Um, oh my god! I'm like thinking of every single episode no, of you're every so, season. Ever. Let's
1: um, let, we oh, we can't. I listen as much as I would love a quick recap of every season of Dimension Twenty.
0: I know. I'm doing. I'm doing my tops. <laughs> uh Oh, the seven. I love the seven. The seven is up there for me. It's so good, and I it's. I think one of the strongest seasons that they have, and then a court of thay flowers. Okay. I I love that season. If you um, the way Abria Ingar combined um, Good Society and D and think she did so so flawlessly and smoothly, um, and I really think the elements of good society added a lot to that game. And the two, she found a way to make these systems that are inherently very opposite complement each other. And I also am a Jane Austen Stan. So for me to watch all of these like things happen, like captain KP hop, that's Colonel Brandon. That's Colonel Brandon from sense and sensibility. And he's trying to figure out his feelings for Marianne. Like I, yeah. So that's Basically, so incredible.
1: Yeah. Um, I also, I think I was debating having that be the next season that I watched because it looked so cute. And I think I am yeah. going to because I have another podcast uh, that is yeah. not Jane Austen, um, but is Jane Eyre. Um, oh. And we watch all the different adaptions of Jane Eyre. I don't Eyre. think,
0: y- I love Jane Eyre. It's
1: Let's start with just Fantasy High and talk about like yeah. their first kind of foray into this. Mm-hmm. What made that particularly good?
0: I think what made it good is the recognizable universe of a high school Mm -hmm. because that is a universal experience. So if you don't know what D&D is, and if you don't know, or if you don't care for the fantasy genre like me, I think setting it in a high school, a setting that's very familiar and that a lot of people can relate to, I think is what sets it apart. Like, Sure, you may not know what the world of spire is, but mm-hmm. you know how high schools function. You understand what happens when there are hierarchies in high high school and mm-hmm. all that jazz. So I think that is such a strength to it, and that dimension twenty plays in these worlds that we know. So that way, we we well and also they don't have time to set up lore. and the mm-hmm. lore that they do set up, it's very fast and loose so yeah. for for that to create worlds that we know just like a little bit a smidgen of it allows us to stop worrying about the world and enjoy the people in it
1: and i think it's it is very much a character driven story which like yeah. when you have that many like incredible improvisers mm-hmm. that are there doing that like you kind of want it yep. to be um mm-hmm. but I think as somebody who also who does enjoy fantasy mm-hmm. um I think it is it does a great job of like it's not a super intense high fantasy like I no. I read Brandon Sanderson um I if don't you, know who that is yeah and <laughs> and honestly if you don't like fantasy you would hate his books his books are peak let's spend the like i listen to his audiobooks mostly so uh-huh. let's spend literally an hour walking down a hallway we will explain oh, to you the God. exact magic that i'm using walking that down this hallway
0: i i <laughs> would boil i would like boil my arm um,
1: doing that. yeah anyway shout out to way of kings um but I'm not – I'm a char- – he, now, he has incredible characters in incredible worlds that he builds. But you – the for me, the world building is always something I kind of have to get through. It's not the reason yeah. I came to the party. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Brennan – not Brandon. Brennan Lee Mulligan um, yep. did a really – does a really good job of um, – satisfying people who want to understand the rules of the world, but is also playing in a world that we know. Like, you know the lore of it because he's not creating something. He's merging a couple of different worlds rather than creating something from scratch. So he can play off of those assumptions that we already have, which I think is great.
0: And I think what's also good about that is he... He has the base, which is Spire, which is the place Mm -hmm. that he made, and he can create kind of like the laws and how Spire functions. But by setting it in a world that we understand, it takes a lot of grunt work off of him. So that way he Mm -hmm. can make the, we'll we'll call it like the grand picture. He can make the grand picture what he wants it to be, Mm -hmm. and he doesn't have to worry about the minutia of it. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. But um, well, obviously, we could talk about this for like mm, forty Ever. hours. Yeah, the rest of our lives. Um, so we're going to buckle up, everyone. Now, um, but I I like to kind of <laughs> make end with a if you're listening to this and you're like, you know what? I really I like I used to watch college humor videos, but it's been a really long time um and I want to see what they've been up to recently Mm -hmm. or I'm thinking about maybe getting dropout but I'm not ready to make that commitment what are some of the ways that people that you would recommend people kind of dip their toe either back in or in for the first time into some of these things
0: so the college humor youtube channel is still active and on there you can find uh you can find the entire first season of fantasy high and you can find the first episodes of other seasons as well um also for a while when dropout launched the first episodes of their original series like um total forgiveness they dropped the first episode of that on youtube and for paranoia i think so as well i could be wrong but Honestly, check out the YouTube and kind of go through that stuff that was made for dropout. Because if you really like Fantasy High and you like Brennan as a DM and you like those players, I I think it's worth getting a dropout subscription for those reasons. I mm-hmm. genuinely think it's worth it. And then you can see the trailers for the upcoming seasons and the past ones. And like let's say there's a season that really like piques your interest also like you can cancel it anytime if you realize Mm -hmm. it's not for you that's what's great about a subscription um although i will say um like it's it's you know it's not a blood pact it's a streaming service for comedy and it's five dollars a month like you're not really losing a lot here in this scenario
1: yeah and i think there's also like Mm -hmm. lots of really great clips as well like if you're just like if you have – if you, like me, have a lot of streaming services and you're not ready to give one up yet, like, there's lots of content on College Humor's page. There's a lot of um, actually clips. There's a lot of all this other stuff. But if yeah. you find yourself re-watching some of those um, or, yeah. like, um, honest to God, I can give Brennan's speech where he says um, laws are just – Yeah, <laughs>
0: exactly. It? Laws, laws are, are just, just – No, no, no. A, it's – yeah, it's like enforcing laws the, are little,
1: threats made by the dominant, dominant
0: socio economic, economic class. You you gotta like do the you know laws are, are laws uh, are rules given by the dominant ruling socioeconomic class. and any you know,
1: listen, like I don't that. know what you kids are up to, but what I do know is,
0: yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's um, so
1: incredible. Anyway, but yeah. having seen yeah. that a hundred thousand times and then getting mm-hmm. to that scene in. Fantasy High was like. Chef's
0: Kiss. So yeah. good. <laughs> There's also um, TikTok. TikTok, they will post clips of I'm um, actually in Dimension 20 and Game mm-hmm. Changer and play it by ear onto TikTok. So. Yeah. Uh, oh, and and make some noise. They post stuff from make some noise there as well. Mm-hmm. So if you kind of like want want to sampling a little some 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 taste buds for what mm-hmm. Dropout has to offer, I'd say TikTok is another really good resource because they'll post little one minute clips from shows and whatnot.
1: Um, but for listeners who are listening to this, going well, obviously um, Madeline's going to be on college humor soon like she's gonna work for dropout like sometime in the next we're manifesting
0: we're manifesting
1: (laughs) um so i want to follow them and make sure that i'm catching all their good stuff um what is a way that people can nicely yeah kindly (laughs) stalk you on the internet
0: um yeah you can um start on tiktok and twitter both of them are dungeon turge that's the word dungeon then t-u-r-g-e um no one understands it it's a reference like i do dramaturgy for dungeons and dragons everyone's like what's dramaturgy and i'm like (laughs) don't worry about it so dungeon turge is um what is my roommates like don't do that and i'm like why they're like because it sounds too much like dungeon turd and i'm like maybe that's the point abby (laughs) um (laughs) um and then I do some stuff on Twitch. I do occasional fundraisers from time to time. By the time this comes out, I will have done a fundraiser called Keeping Up With The Kobolds, where um, it's basically Keeping Up The Crashians, but it's a bunch of kobolds and it's a wedding and what could go wrong? So, um, but you can watch that. And there I've also done um, Oops! All Horse Girls, which was for Equality Texas. And then... <laughs> that it was really fun it was really fun we defeated um a lich named greg that's the greg, best greg babbitt um
1: <laughs> that's incredible
0: yeah all Oops, of the horses all horse in, girls yeah so the, all the horses in town, uh, there, there ain't been a horse around these parts in a hundred years. And so one night they wake up and they find horse hooves all over the town. And there's a magical horse. <laughs> yeah. It was really, really fun. I'm and so happy. I wanted, I, I want to do it again. I, I, I call, I consider myself a horse girl at heart. That's and then amazing. I did um, in the summer uh, I did a series called, it was a mini campaign called wine mom summer where a bunch of wine moms went on a quest. I categorized it as mama Mia meets Lord of the Rings. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. So I did that. Please check those out. I'm really, really proud of them. And it, And there's going to be more kind of like fun stuff like that. I want to do, I want to do band camp, but it's like the zombie apocalypse is happening during band camp. So um, yeah, that's, that's like what I really want to do. We'll see. But yeah. So, and that's on Twitch and that's at Madeline the rogue. Um, But yeah, perfect. And exactly. But yeah, so that's where you can stalk me. If you ever see me in real life, say hi. I might be like jarred and be like, "Who are you? I don't know you." But it's okay. Don't worry about it.
1: Yeah, it's it's part of the joy. You'll just be like, I if you say to her, like, "Aren't you gonna be on Dropout in the future?" She'll be like, "Oh, you know me from Care So much. Oh,
0: <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, Care so much. Like the the podcast that. Out downloads on NPR. Oh yeah, my goodness. yeah. Thank you for helping me manifest. Exactly. Look at us go! Look oh, is. this is what women helping like, win- women supporting yeah, women, women. Supporting That's what this is. women. Yes, exactly. This is feminism in action.
1: <laughs> Incredible. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. It's been such a blast talking thank to you. you about this. this.
0: Great. Like, what a delightful way to. Just like spend the day
1: for anybody listening to this who is interested in work here so much. Um, I don't know if we left in the Jane Eyre references, but we talked about Jane Eyre for quite a while. Mm -hmm. And there is an episode on Jane Eyre with Charlene that you can go back and listen to. Is one of the first episodes that we did. We also about to have an episode on Lord of the Rings that we talked about. Mm -hmm. So that one is here. We have if you're a theater kid, we had an episode in November on anti-racism in the theater
0: that's another thing I'm really um passionate about yeah. I used to be kind of like vibrant in the Chicago theater scene nice. so that was a really great episode to see and it made Thanks. me happy
1: yeah no it was such a great Brianna was fantastic to chat with she had some really amazing things to say so you can go check that episode out you can also find us all across the internet care so much pod email me all of the things that I said wrong please include in the subject line um actually but you can email it to care so much pod at g if you're out there and there's something you're particularly passionate about and you could talk about it for hours and hours on end but you feel like you need to calm down and be quieter about your passion no yeah don't do that because if you think that nobody cares just know that I do I care so much